next are Wes and Chelsea Withers, and you guys know they have the storehouse ministry, and um, the storehouse is where people come and tell their testimonies, and they have that available on a podcast so everyone can listen. Um, but one thing that's special about Wes, Wes and Chelsea, yes, we know their story, but the way they run their home and their family life is just beautiful. And you can see the overflow from their marriage. So it's special to hear from them today and just glean from their wisdom. So you guys can come on up. So I'm Wes and this is Chelsea. And sorry, we're not going to live up to that, <laughs> what Beth just said. We, uh, we're not here to sit here and try to make our marriage sound perfect or make it sound like it's better than what it is. It's a work in progress, just like you heard. And we have a heart and a burning passion for marriage. And we've actually had it spoken over us quite a bit that we are to feed marriages. The most recent time was when we went to Fire in the Hills. Just randomly went down with Freeman. We went to a prayer tent, which we knew nobody. So we go in and have a random couple pray for us. Here it is Don and Pauline's niece and her husband start praying for us and he says I just see couples two by two coming to you guys and it was just just a confirmation of God's promises then this having no idea this was coming and like same as Pastor Jeff said why us like because God has promises and he's good and he's faithful so our hearts burn for our marriage and other marriages because Satan has come and tried to take our marriage and he's tried to deceive us and the father stepped in and said no and he's been laying good like a solid foundation and we've just been building upon that and that's what we're going to try to share what like what he's done and where we are at and the roles that he is showing us and a lot of the stuff pastor jeff said about ephesians 5 is what we're going to hit on and like the expectations of what it is for a man and what it is for a woman so do you want to jump in here yeah, so, again, we really love marriage, and so part of the storehouse ministry that we have been so blessed to walk in, um, we have shared our, our testimony on there, and so we're not going to go fully into our testimony today, but it is available, and um, we just, we love to share our testimony because, again, as Wes said, like, we stood at the gates of hell almost handing our marriage over. Um, we've been married for 10 years. We just celebrated 10 years in August, and um, we weren't well mo the early part of our marriage. And so um, I always say, like, we were unequally yoked, or we were equally yoked in our mess, and by the grace of God, I have no idea how, but he's equally yoked us in Christ. Um, it was probably, I think, three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, I was in a sozo session, and at that time, I was chasing Jesus like I couldn't get enough of him. And I was just like, every, I just, every minute of my days, I was just like, just chasing after him. And I remember I went to do this sozo session, and that was the first period of time where I started to hear from the Lord. And at that time, we were going to church, but, but that was about it. I would go, though, and get really filled with a bunch of other women, and we would just you know experience the Holy Spirit but I'd come home and Wes t would tell me that I was crazy that he literally was like you need to stop because you've gone too far 
which is so funny for anyone who knows us now. But I say that because um, God gave me, I had a vision during that Sozo session, which I share all the time, but what stuck out to me as I was reviewing just the things on marriage that the Lord has showed us over the years is during that Sozo session, he told he there was like homework at the end that I was supposed to go home and do. And the homework was pray for his original design over your marriage. And now I get to sit here and sit beside and like listen to my husband share about our heart's desire for his design when he wasn't there then. And so that's just really beautiful and special to me. And um, in the same sense, though, I want to say we love marriage. We really love marriage, but we don't want to idolize marriage because we love him more. We love God so much more, so. Oh, one more thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the biggest, one of the biggest things, too, as we were going into this and just things is we want to, as we talk about his original design, his original design was Adam and Eve walking in unity with him in the Garden of Eden. That was in intimacy with him. And his design for intimacy and his design for marriage did not change with the fall of man. He still intends for us to have that unity and to walk with him in that way. Now, with the fall of man, we've changed the way that we enter that unity. But again, he did not change his design for for us. And it's the same as it was for Adam and Eve when they were walking in unity with him. And we get to live that out because of what Jesus did for us. We get to we get to have that that access to that design. So she read my notes. I think she stole that out of there. So, um, so like I said, we want to talk about God's desires of what he wants for a husband and a wife. And uh, like Chelsea said, it hasn't changed. And uh, that's the first scripture we're going to look at is Genesis 3, 3, 6. It says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. So, I have a few scriptures, and they all reference to the roles of a husband and the roles of a wife. And in this, we see Satan coming and deceiving Eve, and Adam's failing. Adam's not stepping in between Satan and Eve to say, hey, this isn't a good idea, or, or hey, like, Let's stop right here. He's not being the spiritual head of his marriage. Later on in Genesis 3.17, it says, this is when uh, God comes to correct Adam for what has happened. He says to him, then he said to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I have commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it. So that tells me Adam wasn't deceived by Satan. It says because you've listened to your wife because you weren't leading your wife because you weren't being the head of the house like I've called you to do this is what happened and this is now I'm going to give you the consequences for what just happened often like we got married without knowing Jesus we didn't know there was an expectation on a man to step up for his wife like we thought our marriage is supposed to make us happy like that was the number one reason you got married so it could fill me up and like I can get whatever she's supposed to give me to make me a better man and that's not what scripture tells us. Like, it's the complete opposite. So my next scripture is, it's a little more extreme. So, 
this is Ahab and Jezebel. And they are often not a couple that you would think about as a good example in the Bible. So I'm not, this is, it's all of 1 Kings 21. Do you want to read it or do you want me to just summarize it? You can read it. It's way too long. <laughs> but uh, so in 1 Kings 21, we see Ahab, he's the king of Israel, and he is like coveting a vineyard that is Naboth's. And he asks for the vineyard, and Naboth says, no, I can't give you my inheritance. And he goes and pouts, and he's throwing a little fit on his bed, and Jezebel comes and says, aren't you the king? Like, and she takes it into her own hands and ultimately hatches a plan and has Naboth killed. And all this stuff happens. Ahab goes to claim Naboth's vineyard after he'd been killed. And I just want to read... He says, But the Lord said to Elijah, Go down to meet King Ahab of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He will be with, at Naboth's vineyard in Jezreel, claiming it for himself. Give him this message. This is what the Lord says. Wasn't it enough that you killed Naboth? Must you do, rob him too? Because you have done this, dogs will lick your blood at the very place where they licked the blood of Naboth. So, my enemy, you have found me, Ahab exclaimed to Elijah. Yes, Elijah answered, I have come because you have sold yourself to what is evil in the Lord's sight. So now the Lord says, I will bring disaster on you and consume you. I will destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike. Anywhere in Israel, I am going to destroy your family as I did the family of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and from the family of Baasha, I'm sure I'm saying that right, the son of Ajai. For you have made me very angry and have led Israel to sin. And regarding Jezebel, the Lord sa says, dogs will eat Jezebel's body at the plot of land of Jezreel. The members of Ahab's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs, and the, those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures. No one else so completely sold himself to what is evil in the Lord's sight, as Ahab did under the influence of his wife Jezebel. And th that's the key part of the scripture that I wanted to read, is first, you have the land they come and conquer, God tells them, do not marry with the people that are there because they're going to influence you and have false gods. And that was the first time he didn't listen. But instead of taking Jezebel and teaching her and showing her, he just let her come in and he wasn't doing his job as a husband as being a spiritual head because he was just a, saying, okay, and following and ultimately it led to Baal worship and that's, that was what God says in the scripture is the most detestable thing he did. And in this scripture we see Ahab, he repents and everything. And again, we don't see him leading his wife to repentance. We, we see him repenting and what, what God says is to Elijah, he says, do you see Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has done this, I will not do what I promised during his lifetime. It will happen to his sons. I will destroy his dynasty. Like, there is no leadership in this marriage. And that, that is ultimately what is the downfall to Ahab and Jezebel's, like, that's where all the nastiness comes from. There's a couple more scriptures we're going to read, but I know you want to speak first. I think we're going to go into Ephesians 5. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just even think in, in um, 
when Wes read me that scripture, you know, at the end when Ahab, it, you know, comes to repentance and he's mournful, you know, and then we hear about all of the things that Jezebel, the, you know, just the disaster of, of the, the life that she led and, and how she ultimately ends up dying. And you just think about the alignment that didn't take place like that. I don't know. It was, we read through that. It was, it was eye opening for sure. One thing to note is God came looking for, he sends Elijah to Ahab. And when he comes to the garden, he's looking for Adam. Like that, what Pastor Jeff was saying, there's an expectation on the man to lead. And these two both failed at it, but there's a judgment coming. And my job is to get, is to get my family ready and to be, have, lead them to Jesus. And in both these examples that, that the man failed to do what is expected in his marriage. So we're going to go into Ephesians 5 in the message that, that they had referenced as well. And super beautiful in the message version. Out of respect for Christ, be, courte- be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer, too, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. So, we just talked a lot about that scripture. I think a lot of people can take that scripture and constantly, you know, put it up to marriage. And there's so many people who will, you know, debate the scripture and what what submission looks like. And what, you know, how, like, what, we get so focused on what my role is or what his role is or things like that. And really what was we were talking about all of this and and just getting together on what we felt like the Lord was showing us, we both came back to identity. Um, And that's just what he kept speaking to us, so. Yeah, and Pastor Jeff, you touched on this too, is like we have to have that relationship with him before we we worry about this. And like I believe that's a lot of where our disaster started from before without even having him in it. We were just trying to do this with our own strength and it did not work but if i operate out of the identity of beloved son then and that relationship's strong 
it's just nothing there's no effort here it's just flowing from from him through me to her and then down to our children and then out to the world like it's when we shut that off or when we get our flesh gets in the way that is when the troubles start to arise and one thing God showed me he showed me it was with an excavator but I know a lot of people aren't familiar with those so I'm going to switch a little bit and take it to a zero turn mower so uh, on a mower you have the left joystick controls the left tires and the right controls the right if you push them at different pressures you're going to go around in a circle and uh, he just showed me like that is I'm the left and that's my role like if I'm doing my role we're going like we're going to start moving and Chelsea's the right and if she's my role is to lead be, be the head of the house and to love my wife like Christ loved the church and uh, if Chelsea's doing her role, role which is submission and Respect respecting and yeah so if we're doing them at the same in a godly marriage is our goal straight ahead and if we're pushing them straight ahead at the same pressure, we're going to get there the fastest. But if I'm doing all, like, all the work and she's not, we're just going to go around in the circle and we're going to keep coming back to right where we were. And uh, I hope that made sense because I had to switch it. I was with an excavator. I was like, nobody's ever going to understand what Wes, I'm talking Wes about. Wes operated an excavator for like years, so that's why it probably popped up. So, yeah, I mean... In the same way that Wes said, you know, it being beloved son, I too like came to this piece of like being being beloved daughter. I can't be the wife that I have to be or the mother that I need to be without being a daughter of the King first. And um, we've all, I think, a few of us, especially in the remnant, you know, we talk about who we listen to, and um, we've been listening to some Damon Thompson um, sermons and things, and. I like probably what a month or two ago I was just like pierced with this piece of um of what that looks like being a a beloved daughter it hit me that I probably don't I didn't believe that to my core like we can say it we can say we're a child of God but do we believe it and do we believe that that righteousness is on us from his blood it's not anything I'm gonna do that makes me righteous I mean I have to lose my life, but he makes us righteous. And if we're not walking in that righteousness, sometimes I think, how much are we missing out in the kingdom? Like, we can be happy in our marriage. We can. And the world would say that's great. Like, you know, American dream, we we believe we were there. Like, we looked like we had a perfect marriage, but we were in shambles before we knew Christ. And, but the world would have thought it was awesome how you know the way that our marriage looked but but to truly come you know and out of that happiness you know there's a lot of happy marriages there's a lot of couples that appear to be happy in the church and this is really hard to say but they're they're not effective in the kingdom and that's what we want our goal is to be effective in the kingdom for God and to serve him and so when we really believe and accept that righteousness that's one hard hurdle. <laughs> and then to twist it, now I have to look at my husband and see him as righteous and him covered by the blood and him cleansed and him just clean of his sins because he's repented. And um, part of our 
you know, our sin and fall that we walked through was, was infidelity and was vanity and jealousy. And a lot of times we could probably look at our marriage and easily say, like, I think Wes would take the blunt of, of all of the brunt of all the things that went wrong. But realistically, I was sinful as well. I was just as sinful. And so, um, when we truly come to that place of now I can see myself as that and then also look at my husband as that, it just changes. Um, it changes everything. And I it all comes back to identity and just that I then can see Wes as God intended and submitting him as submitting to him as I should and joyfully doing it because it's beautiful submission because we look at our submission to Christ and it's beautiful and it should be the same as husbands and wives. Um, and then with the zero turn analogy, we were talking about times in our lives where we found it that, um, maybe one person we've found ourselves where one person was pressing forward and the other was falling back at different times and just examples, um, specifically for us. Um, I was laughing when you were saying opposites attract and your friend said that you guys would never make it. Well, our friend said we would never make it cause we were too much of hotheads and too much alike. Yeah. And so <laughs> there's definitely been times where we've pressed forward at different times though. And, and again, specifically, um, we found that especially when you come out of a place of healing, um, you know, we've had so much healing in this past year and a half that we thought we were in a great place before we came to abundant life. And then we got here and the Lord just wrecked us again and healed us more. And I know he has so much more. It, it doesn't end until we get to him. But, um, one thing we found is you'll come out of healing and you're out of living in that experience and you're on fire. You're, you're, um, You've experienced God in a way that you, you know, you never have. You, He's touched places that, that you hurt for and for so long, and he's healed those places. And as you start to walk out of that, then you, you maybe lose some of that compassion for that area, or you start to, um, the adrenaline's maybe worn off a little bit because you're not in that area, that place so much, bowed down like you should have been. Um, and then you'll find yourself slowly digging back into things that that you shouldn't be and that's incorrect like again you don't realize it but maybe you're looking at a situation or looking at some like I've looked at something Wes has done and I I maybe put a burden back on him that he was cleansed from like that the Lord had removed from him but we can easily throw it back on each other and um and we need to be corrected in that and and maybe bitterness we start to let bitterness and cynicism just saturate us because of worldly things and then we throw that back on our spouse and it's just again I feel like when we're digging into this the Lord because I'm I'm guilty of all of those things and so the Lord just really took me to a place in Jeremiah 17 and it says oh Lord if you heal me I will truly be healed and if you save me I will truly be saved my praises are for you alone and just really coming to this place of like having to constantly saturate yourself in the word and saturate yourself with him. And again, our words are not lofty. Our words have, there's so many people in here that we can glean from, but what we pray for us and for everyone in here is that we take the word, the living word of God, and we 
uphold our marriage to that standard Mm -hmm. and that should be our goal to walk in yeah on that like even though jesus comes and there's grace for everything like there's like the expectation from the father is still the same for us like as it was for adam and eve even though we have his grace and his mercy there's still like a lot of people go well we're good we don't have to worry about it because jesus came and there's still an expectation one day we're going to stand before God and give an account for everything we've done. And he's going to test all of our works with fire. It, the scripture says that uh, each one's works will clearly be shown for what it is, for the day of judgment will disclose it, because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality and the character and the worth of each person's work. I don't know about you guys, but I know marriage sometimes is work. Mm-hmm. Like, I know... that. I want it to, when it the fire hits it. I want it to just get brighter. I want it to just turn into a jewel, because like that is what he wants. He wants us, our marriage, to be effective in the kingdom. And I do not want to stand before him and fail at that. I don't want to look at Chelsea standing before God one day and be like, I should have done a better job. So, yeah. That's all I got. (laughs) You have anything to add? So, thank you guys.